Welcome to the Haunting or Not podcast, a show that takes an interesting and some would say different approach to explaining hauntings, the paranormal, demonic forces. Are they real hauntings or not? Hi, my name's John J. Wally. In addition to being a radio host, I'm a retired police sergeant, and I take an evidence-based approach to these stories. And I'm Stephanie Wiley. Yes, we're married and have been for a long time. Some would say that I am more, oh, of the little touchy-feely type. Together, we present haunting or not stories that differ from the majority of other podcasts out there. We are proud to be a show on the Boss Pods Network, a division of Glades Media. Be sure to follow us on Facebook. Look for Haunting or Not. We are back on the Haunting or Not podcast. I'm John J. Wiley. And John's wife, Stephanie Wiley. That's the first time I ever heard you refer to yourself as John's wife. I know. I want, I want to take a pill here. Oh something. My. I need to do something. Is there, anybody got a Xanax or something? Because I've never, ever heard of you referring to yourself that way, ever. I wanted to see how it sounded. Can I, well, save this recorded, so I'll play it back repeatedly. Oh. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. And before we get into our, our closure on the Amityville horror, or the horror in Amityville, or the possession horror of Amityville, New York, or however you want to refer to it, pronouns. I, I've gotten to the point now where I'm so afraid to call you my wife because someone is going to say, oh, awfully possessive, aren't you? I have to laugh at that. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. So I'm like, I call you... The boss. the boss and sometimes referred to as my wife but then i'm like oh my goodness am i am i walking in dangerous mine infested territories where i'm going to step on something and it's going to be cancel culture so i'm well, afraid to say my wife but when you even do, though i'm your husband correct and that's okay that's okay to say but there's always a comma when you say my wife so comma, let's rephrase that boss. i'm john j wiley and you are Stephanie Wiley. Okay. That's a whole much, lot more <laughs> palatable for an old guy like oh, me. Too who, much complication. Who really doesn't know which way to turn. We're talking about the Amityville horror. The, we've been, we did the episode last time and got a lot of good feedback about that, by the way. From That's people. great to hear. And what we're trying to do with this show is to really present both sides of the reported story. I'm a retired police officer, a police sergeant, and so I kind of take a look at cases from it evidence-wise. Is it believable? Is there any kind of supporting evidence? Oh, you definitely do. And that's what I'm guided by. And you go more on... Feelings. Well, it's feelings, not facts, right? Facts are not feelings, is that all the same I goes? always hated that. I just wanted to throw you off there for a minute. And feelings will pass, so... I always always say this, I feel really down today. And then I feel really great the next day. <laughs> and then sometimes it's five fact? minutes of time. Uh, and here's the old thing I say about feelings. Because people need to understand this. I don't know why, but they, they do need to understand this. You can have feelings all day long. It's your actions that really matter. Wow. Okay, That's so pretty heavy. off the soapbox. <laughs> Let's return to Amityville. Amityville Horror. First of all, the movie, yes. you were correct, was filmed in Toms River, New Jersey. Yes. Which, by the way, I had relatives that lived there for a long time. And I went there for a wedding, and a guy rear-ended me. And oh. he took off running. And I chased the guy, and I went right by a diner with a cop having lunch. And I'm like, hey, why don't you do it? I never did catch the guy. I was so mad. So that's what you think of when you hear Toms River. That's what I think of when I hear Toms River. The house where the movie was filmed, the New York Post reported 
that it was sold, and I think the report was in January of 2023, so it's fairly recent, that the house in Toms River, New Jersey, where the Amityville Horror movie was filmed, sold recently for, ready? Can you make a guess? It's, well, I just know there's a lot of zeros. I'm not sure. There's a lot. Yeah. How much? $1.56 million. Wow. Wow. That's where the, the movie house. And I'm trying to see, you know, visualize what that was. And the, the actual house in Amityville, New York at 112 Ocean Avenue, I believe is the address, sold last reported by New York Post in 2016 for $850,000. So neither one's a bargain. No, not at all. In fact, I imagine the original house that this actually took place in probably would go for 1.5 today. It's a very affluent area, and it's on the water. And probably, if it's sold in 2016, if it's anything like South Florida real estate just prices, double it. yeah, just it's, double it. it's probably in the 1.5 million dollar range. Easy. So uh, the, the house was built in, in the 1920s. It is a Dutch revival style house, and it was made famous for two incidents. One was the DeFeo family bought it. I believe it was in 1969. And November 13th, 1974, Ronald DeFeo Jr., I believe he was 23 years of age, he was convicted, sentenced to life terms in prison, died in prison for executing and murdering six of his family members at the house at 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, New York. Right. Very exclusive house, very nice neighborhood, and it was sold, and I'm air quoting, sold. Right in 1980 to the Lutz family. When I say sold, they reportedly bought it for $80,000 and is fully furnished. Right, that's pocket change. Even back then in 1980, 80 grand was not a lot of money. No. But here's the the catch thing about this. They only lived there reportedly for 30 days and then they left, they abandoned the house. Now, see, there's there's so many things that didn't add up. I had my own perception of the Amityville Horror, and that was solely based on the movie and what I could remember of the movie. Mm-hmm. Until yeah. we started talking about these different hauntings. And because we all know that you're the research dude and going over all, you know, what really took place. And then you and I actually spent some time watching a documentary. We and did. We really got into this. I wanted to know what, what was behind it all. We watched more of the documentary, My Amityville Horror, from Daniel Lutz's point of view. And Daniel was the oldest of the Lutz children that supposedly bought the house. Right. And I'm air quoting bought, so people can see that, in 1980. And then abandoned it less than 30 days later. And we'll go into details why in a few moments. But... Uh, there, there's some main characters in this, and we'll talk about credibility and witnesses okay. and witness testimony, all that stuff, and evidentiary value in a little bit. Not just in court, but also from a police officer's point of view. We watched this documentary, and I'm going to paraphrase because I don't, I don't have it in front of me. I don't have the script. But one of the things about Daniel Lutz that he kept saying over and over and over again in this documentary, My Enville Horror, was, I don't care what people think. That's my story. He did say that, didn't he? Multiple times. And I want to ask you a question, point blank. Do you want to be believed if you're telling the truth? Well, sure. Do you care what people think? I Yes, I do. Would you repeatedly tell people, I don't care what you think? No. I'm standing by what I said. That was one of the first things we looked for. I didn't even think of that. As a police you just officer. Said that now, but when yes. we're talking to someone, they would say, yeah, I don't care what you think. This is what happened. 
And that's number one sign that someone's not being honest. I never knew that. At least that's one of the red flags. Not always. But, it's, not, but it's a box you try to check. That's one of the things. And huh. by the way, one of the things that I, I learned that I taught you too, and we like to watch these films, these shows where they have the, the camera, actual surveillance camera and the suspect in the holding room. Oh, and yeah, I do. Before the, the, the cops talk to them, Some they sit there wait for a while. And right. things like that. And the old saying was, only the guilty fall asleep. Well, I couldn't imagine that if I was not guilty of some horrible crime, that they're committing, you know, that I'm going to just take myself a nap. I don't think so. Exactly. And so now Stephanie says all the time, when you first first said that, you're like, get out. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. Then I explain it to you. You're like, it makes sense. Maybe he's on to something. Maybe the research dude's got something going on here. So Ronald DeFeo Jr., he executed his entire family in bed around three o'clock in the morning with a... A repeating rifle. Mm-hmm. And he had a lot of issues, including drug use and some antisocial behavior and some other things. He was convicted to, I think it was six life terms, and he died in prison uh, March 12th of 2021. Good. A good spot for him. So Exactly. This is where the story gets interesting. And this is where I think people really want to examine, say, is it true or not? Right. Did it really happen or not? It's what happened after these murders. It's, we know what happened. We know who did it. End of story. It's obvious that Ronald DeFeo was convicted of murdering his family. When we return on Haunting or Not podcast, we'll look into what happened next, which became the story that is so famous. Be sure to look for and like the Haunting or Not podcast page on Facebook. It's so easy. Just do a search on Facebook for haunting or not. You'll find it. We'll have information about past episodes. We'll have information about upcoming episodes. We'll have polls. We'll have contests. We'll have lots of fun things. Find it all for free online. Just be sure to like us on Facebook. It's haunting or not. to our conversation on the Haunting or Not podcast. I'm John J. Wiley. And I'm Stephanie Wiley. And we're talking about the the horror that is Amityville, New York. The Amityville horror, the possession, the horror, the story behind the story. Is it real? Is it fake? Right. The horror after the horror. Part of it was definitely real. We know Part that. of it was definitely real. Talk- yep. The, the, the family being murdered, definitely real. Definitely occurred without a doubt. And there's evidence... Introduced in court that led to conviction of Ronald DeFeo Jr., who died in prison, that proved that horror occurred. We're talking about the the murder of his family members, all of them. Right. All six of them. So we know this is fact. So then comes the Lutz family. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. And here's where it comes open for this. This is the story that everybody knows we talk about the Amityville Horror. This is the one that led to the books. This is the one that led to the movies. This is the one that led to, ultimately, the documentary film, My Amityville Horror, featuring that, Daniel Lutz. That we saw, right. Daniel was the oldest of the children. In 1980, and I'm going to paraphrase, I'm going to shorten it, the Lutz family supposedly bought the house at 112 Ocean Avenue in 
Amityville, New York, for the bargain price of $80,000. And they were told, according to quotes, about what happened. That's right. And they decided to buy it anyway. And they said it wouldn't make a big deal. Right. Now, here's where it gets interesting, all right? And by the way, the house is fully furnished, which a lot of the documentaries made a big deal out of, which I'd be more than happy to discuss in a moment why I don't think it is a big deal. Now, George Lutz, the father, was a non-practicing, I believe, Methodist. His wife... She was a non-practicing Catholic. And since, the story goes, since they knew of the murder that occurred there, they wanted to get the house blessed, which is pretty common anyway. Yes, it is, regardless whether there's a murder or not. So long story short, the Lutzes knew a Catholic priest in the area, we'll call him Father Ray, and asked him to do the house blessing. Now, Father Ray, when they were moving into the house, the way that Daniel Lutz says the story, he went in and blessed the house. Here's what the story says. He was blessing the house, mm-hmm. and he felt something touch his hand. That's right. And then a voice say, get, get out. out. And then supposedly, he left and didn't say anything to anybody about it. Well, you can believe that I would say something if that happened to me. That See, that right there is a red flag for me, incredibility-wise. Now, we watched the documentary, and they did a, a film interview of this priest— Mm-hmm. And it was done in silhouette, so you couldn't see his face. And they changed his name. And he said he had stigmata as and, a result of this. And you didn't like that either. Here's the reason why. If you look at stigmata, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It does. Stigmata, basically, and I'm shortening it, is where people get the injuries similar to what Jesus Christ got during mm-hmm. the crucifixion. Right. Usually involves the, the, hand. the hands or the wrist, the lance wound to the side, mm-hmm. and the, the feet. According to the documentary film, all he had was a stigma on the hands. What happened to the others? I don't know, but I read that too. It was just in the hand. I don't right. remember that on the documentary, but and I remember didn't feel reading well. it. I don't know of any Catholic priest. Number one, I'm a Catholic, and I went to an all-boys boarding school, a seminary, want to be a priest, and I don't know of any priest that would hide from something like that. No. I've never met one. Oh, I too was fortunate enough to be a Catholic school I was going to say girl, but that would be that you were, but. And then here's some more stories. And then Daniel adds in about flies in a room. Oh, that He goes to the room and it's colder. There's strange smells and there's lots of dead flies. He kills them. And when he goes to get people to say, come check out these flies, they're all gone. They're gone. Uh, I don't know. No one can verify that point. Remember, he kept saying, I don't care what people think. Yep. This is my story. So the next thing that the Lutzes say happened was a strange odor in the house. Okay. Uh, we have a Rottweiler, and sometimes I've been known to get gassy. Yeah, don't blame the dog. We have we have strange odors in our house from time to time. That doesn't mean it's demonic possessions. It just usually means I eat too much of something I shouldn't have. And you blame the dog. That's right. Uh, then the other two claims made by George, the father, is that at some point, his wife was transformed physically into an old woman. Right. And then levitated. That physically looked like a 90-year-old woman would Right, and then came back. Which is pretty nuts. Right. To me, that sounds like a nightmare, not uh, something that you see in real life. Second was that he could hear the beds going up and down where his children were, and somehow he couldn't react because he was paralyzed with fear. Right. Or there was some force that wouldn't allow him to get up. Okay. Either, either case, he could not get to the second level to check on the on the boys. So that, those are three main claims. There's nothing else. And you notice 
there's no one to corroborate any of this. Supposedly. Now, I want to go in very quickly about witness testimony. Okay. Why you always have to have a, number one, some corroborating evidence evidence mm-hmm. to support what they say. It would be another witness saying the same thing. you got to take a look at them and think, are they believable or not? How many times in court you say, uh, I just didn't believe them? You hear that a lot from jurors. Yeah. I'm at the point now where I have huge credibility issues with Daniel Lutz and also the so-called priest. Yeah. And I'm air quoting. And for those reasons I explained. I don't see any or hadn't heard of any corroborating evidence. I did find one little piece of information that might change the way you think. You ready for this? Yeah. What is it? All right. In an interview, here's a quote. I'm just going to write their quote. The New York Post reported in an article from March 16, 2021, quote, many people expressed doubts about their horror story, which fell under even more scrutiny after DeFeo's defense attorney, William Weber. Yep. Admitted he and the couple, George and the, the Lutz family, okay. came up with the tale over several bottles of wine. Oh, Did you real? hear that one? No. Here's, he goes first to say, we took real life incidents and transposed them to that story. This is what the lawyer said. Transposed them. This was in uh, a TV program, A Current Affair, in May of 1988. In other words, I'm quoting him, in other words, it was a hoax. Still. George, who died in 2006, maintained the story was a real deal, telling ABC, I can just say what I experienced, end quote. Oh, come on. I and did not know that. supposedly made $300,000 off that story. Well, you know they got paid for something uh, or they so, wouldn't do it. The question I want to pose to you. I wonder how much money total they got. Yeah. And all, you know, figure all those books, the movies, the interviews, the magazines, all that combined. Uh, right. Well, here let's let's break it down to a, a really even more practical, okay, common sense thing. If you buy a house, mm-hmm. how long before you wind up leaving? If I buy a house, if you buy a house, would you abandon the house within twenty eight or thirty days, with only three incidents occurring? Would I know? No. No. Do you own anybody that's able to walk away from a house unscathed? After just less than 30 days. See, yeah. See, now you're going to start making me think about all these other things. Because I used to think there was a lot behind this story. Right, only right. from the little blurbs that I heard about and remember from the movie as seen when I'm a teenager, for Pete's sakes. Well, one of the things that they kept saying in the, the documentary, My Emeryville Horror, was that the furnishings for the house stayed there. And that somehow the demonic forces occupied the furniture and therefore that's what led to what occurred afterwards that's what these so-called paranormal experts said and i said to you i've been on a scene of many many horrible murders that were commercial yes. robberies it, like fast food establishments retail places whatever they shut down for a few hours and then they reopen the next day with the same stuff in there and nothing happens so no evil forces have been sucked into the wood right. furniture. If you get a big box store and you had, we actually had this case happen. We had, I think, three people murdered and the youngest son who was there was hiding in a box and he, he spent hours there. The next day, that place reopened and not a blink happened. Not one report of nothing. And by the way, this house at 112 Ocean Avenue, since the time was built to the DeFeos, there's not one report of an incident. That's true. So and where did they go? After the Lutzes to today, there's not one report of an incident. 
I was deeply, deeply disappointed once you did all this research and we watched the documentary. So the question is, Amityville Horror. We know that one horror did occur. That was the brutal murder of the DeFeo family by Ronald DeFeo Jr. Mm -hmm. That is indisputable. Well, I think there are other people guilty like me of just remembering the part with the Lutz family because it's around, you know, the movie, it surrounded them. Not so much what really happened, which was beyond horrific. And that goes to a point I'd love to make. Unsubstantiated claims really flourish nowadays in the news media and also in social media. However, when you have facts... Yeah. That quite often it sheds a new light on it, but some people, even with facts, won't believe it. That's to go with their original assumptions based off of feelings. That's true. It's you're right. So uh, the question is: Amityville horror. Two horrors reportedly occurred. We had the DeFeo family obviously happened, and then the Lutz family. Did that really happen? The question is: Was it a haunting or not? At 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, New York, with the Lutz family. You get to decide. We will return. We're going to talk about what's reported to be the most haunted restaurant, bar, hotel, slash retail establishment in in Florida. Florida. And it's in one of our favorite cities. St. Augustine. St. Augustine. We'll tell you more about that when we return. Thank you for joining us on the Haunting or Not podcast. If you enjoyed the show... Please do us a huge favor. Tell a friend or two or three. Remember to follow us on Facebook. Keep track of what's going on, upcoming episodes, past episodes, and more. On Facebook, look for Hunting or Not. We'll be back in just a few days with a new episode. Until then, see ya. See ya.